0: S-P-U-L-L-E-N at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. Shoot Sue an email and let her know she needs to update that address.
1: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.
0: Disclaimer time. This is where I tell everyone to lighten up. It's just a podcast. Trading is like that roller coaster at the amusement park thrilling unpredictable and potentially stomach churning what works for one person might leave another clutching their hat in the wing our hosts and guests they're awesome knowledgeable full of insights but we're not financial advisors so don't rush to make any investment decisions based solely on our banter always consult with a professional or do your own research plus let's face it we like to have fun laugh and enjoy the trading ride together it's all in the name of good podcasting fun so remember take it easy don't bet the farm and keep your seatbelts on at all times thank you for listening Alright, hello everybody. Welcome back to the China Shop, home of the Band of Traders podcast. I am your host, Kyle, sometimes referred to as the Handicapped Handicapper. And tonight I'm joined by Purdue and Vanta Trading co-founders, Mr. Banks and Baba Yaga. Uh, Tonight's show, we're going to be staring down fear, where it stems from, how to let it go. After that, we'll look at our past week and the good, bad, and ugly segments for wrapping up some new bold predictions. Before we check in on last week's debacle, let's get the self-promotional stuff out of the way. So uh, next week, Joel, Baba, and myself are going to be letting Cleo take over the shop. She'll be asking us all the questions and uh, a sort of get-to-know-the-band kind of deal. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at FinancialIndepto1. and join the Discord if you want to get updated when episodes drop or even listen in live on these recordings and heckle us in real time. Uh, shameless website plug. Go to the thebandoftraderspodcast.com to browse the guest directory or check out all the deals and discounts we collected over the past three years.
2: All right, Baba, Banks, get your plugs in.
3: Go, Uh Banks. You got any plugs, buddy?
2: No. What I was gonna say is that we, we you know, it's uh, it's continuation work on what we're kind of putting together on um, on the town hall that we did in December. Uh, we're trying to, you know, iron out the details, just lay it out as a f- polished product. Um, and you know, that's it, it's just something that take, I guess, takes a little bit more time than what I was thinking. Uh, but it's something that we don't want to have to go back and redo. But um, yeah, I think, I think we're pretty close. Um, you know, obviously we're, you know, working through some kinks on the recording stuff, but, uh, but yeah, we, you know, we're, we're excited for where this is going.
0: Oh, awesome, man.
3: When's that, uh, when do you guys think we'll be teasing some of those? Um, well, our target is to have some portion, at least like portion one completed by the end of this month. Um, but I did have like three days this week where like every evening I didn't have much of a voice. So that kind of that kind of made recording a little bit difficult. You not being able to talk? I know. Shocking. <laughs> <laughs> you keep using it up on all these podcasts. <laughs> I keep using it up when I mute my mic and just scream out of anger every so often. <laughs> oh, well, we got plenty of
0: time to get into that, bud.
3: <laughs>
0: uh, Mike, uh, you got anything you want to shout out here?
4: Oh, just as normal, just trying to pro- pro- promote Lauren's book. Um, nothing left but ashes by lauren
0: purdue and also i think you should be promoting uh you got something going on on sunday we just threw together here which one uh you going over auction market theory high time frame analysis type stuff on sunday oh we just
4: put that together like a few minutes ago i know (laughs) get the word out (laughs) yes uh an idea of mine just to go over high time frame trading and auction market theory using candlesticks
0: and this is like more towards uh, like swing trading type stuff, right?
4: It's um, it can go both ways. It can be intraday trading. It can also be high time frame trading. It's um, something that I've been leaning on more towards is where you find a low entry point uh, risk and then let that ride on to a high time frame trade.
3: Well, it, I'm really interested, but Kyle thought years was so boring he left. And if you guys remember. <laughs> He's probably leaving out of fear because we are going to expose the kind of man that he really is. I've got the down low from his wife. She answered some of our questions from last week and uh, we are going to be putting that out. Oh, uh, Hey friend. Hey Kyle. What's going on here? (laughs) (laughs) On next week's episode, we're bringing Kyle's wife in to talk to
5: us about The man behind the microphone. What do I want people to get out of this? I just want people to finally hear the truth. All of it. Not the sanitary podcast version, but the real truth. (laughs) Who is Kyle when no one's around? (laughs) The first five years or so of our relationship was like a fairy tale. But something changed in him about three years ago when the trading started. It was small at first, almost imperceptible. But he became more obsessive the longer he spent with it. I wanted to ask where all the money was coming from, but I was too scared to hear the answer.
3: Is he a kind, (laughs) soft-spoken, intelligent, thoughtful man as he presents himself to the world?
5: Kyle definitely likes to present himself as someone who's in control of his emotions. But if you listen, and I mean really listen, to the good, bad, and ugly segments, you'll see the truth. You can't hide the truth forever.
3: Or is he actually a maniacal killer?
5: We all heard what happened to Dan, right? Why isn't anyone talking about this?
3: With a (laughs) deep-seated vengeance to get back at everyone who ever wronged
5: him. (laughs) He can hold a grudge. (laughs) I once found a list he keeps of all the perceived past transgressions against him, and some of the names on there were from 30 years ago. It was just a juice box. I mean, let it go already.
3: Next week, stay tuned for Dateline.
5: Do I worry about my own safety? No, I don't think he would hurt me, but I am terrified of what would happen to the others if I ever left. (laughs) And the so-called office he built in the basement, why did he spend so long soundproofing it? (laughs) (laughs) She
0: had way too much fun making that.
3: Man. Well, I mean, we're going to have to bring her on the show for the rest of the dirty deets, baby. Oh, I don't know.
2: (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, That
0: was awesome. (laughs) Thank you. All right, where were we at there?
3: Uh, Purdue was saying uh, what he was working on with you, organizing a uh, auction market theory, high time frame perspective, low risk entries, high reward, hold over a number of days, kind of vibe, potentially.
0: Yeah, and that's that's going to be Sunday at uh, yes, the open. Central. So was that five o'clock uh, central? Uh, make sure we have links for that stuff in the episode description. You guys want to check that out? Show those panelists some love. Uh, let's check in with last week's bold predictions uh, and get that out of the way. It did not go very well for me, as I alluded to in that intro there. Um, I think I was one team away from having the complete 0 for 6 sweep. <laughs> yeah, Yeah, the Dallas game was uh, – not the Dallas one. The Bills game was the only one I picked right uh, – Banks, I think you ended up going four for six. Baba, you ended up taking it. Five of six. I think the only game you missed was that Dallas one.
3: <laughs> He's
0: got the
4: little stickers. <laughs> what does
3: that say? It says, how's your mom and him?" After that, after that series of betting, pretty good.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I shouldn't have taken the 16 parlays. I should have done the, uh, the five ones sp- split off. I might have actually made a little bit of money on that. <laughs> um, Mike, what was the last prediction you made? I think you were the last one to get one right before you um, left.
4: Yes, over 4,700 before
0: the end of the year. By Christmas? That actually yeah, happened, yeah. right? Yeah. I think you ended up pushing it to Christmas. Yeah. I, I checked the SPX. I saw it was above. Yeah, I, I figured that was close enough. But I wasn't here for
4: it. I wasn't here for the yeah.
0: rejoice. Everybody's... I've been pushing snow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> been dying to get a win and somehow... Everybody who gets it is never here to celebrate. What are you going to do though? All right, guys, let's uh, let's uh, dive into a topic and get this thing rolling here. So uh, I kind of wanted to do this one about like fear and I was going to leave it kind of open ended. So kind of take this in the direction that you guys want to go. Uh, Bob has got to run off and help a kid, it looks like. But trading my Top Step X account this week. I noticed that I was trading it like without any fear. And I know that was because that I'd already accepted that I had lost it. So the, like the first day of like trying to learn the platform, I ended up going a little crazy and taking about almost a max drawdown on it. So in my mind, the account was blown and I was just kind of playing with it for the rest of the week. And over the last like week trading that thing, like I've been trading it without fear and doing quite well, actually, to the point where I've got that back above break even. So my question is like, how do you do that consistently? How do you guys let go of that fear when you're trading? I don't
2: trading? think there's a good answer. That is a good question. It's... <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a super hard thing to be clear minded when you have something to lose. Yeah. Um, when you, when you take, when you take that thought process of, you know, this account is gone. Uh, you know, I'm just going to blow it up. It's a lot easier to just start swinging at good trades and, um, and, you know, kind of, you know, being right in that area where you are doing in your process and you're, you know, you're kind of drawing it up beforehand, obviously, Mm -hmm. but it's just those spots where you feel less, less inclined to watch it play out and you're in it. Um, and you're, you know, there's just that, yeah, it's just that, that no fear mentality of like, you know, you, you aren't afraid to lose. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's it's a super hard thing um, to accomplish that, and and I think I think every trader would struggle with that. I mean, I you know even even you know me and a lot of other professional traders like you know when, when like when you look and see like how you prepare for the week, like you know I'm pretty slow going into the week on Mondays mm-hmm. um, and even on Tuesdays or even the first trade of the day, um, you know just because I I you know you kind of don't want to start a day with an out yep. um, or at least the mentality of it and it, you know, it's, it's a hard thing to do, but it's uh yeah. When you got nothing to lose with an account and you can, you can start swinging <laughs>
1: at the fences <laughs> a
2: little bit. Um, those accounts are pretty fun to trade, but yeah, I don't, I don't really, I, I'll be honest. I don't really have a good answer for that to be, to, to be completely honest. Well, how do you deal with the fear then? Like, what's your process look like? How do you get over it? Yeah. So and and, and, you know, I'll kind of go at it from two ways. Like, I think a lot of it's just due with the way that you have your trading process. So like you come at the market the same way every day, you know, your areas of interest, you kind of know where you want to be, you know, putting on risk, um, and just lean into those areas. Um, and, and I think the easiest way is to kind of build it. Like we've talked in the past, like it, you know, it, like on those days where, you know, you are in your process, but, you know, let, let's just say like, you know, mentally it, you know, you want to be in it, but you're not hundred percent confident. And, you know, th- those are the days that you just size way mm-hmm. down, um, to where you, you know, you're putting on, you know, one micro, two micro, you know, something like that, where you're still in the game, uh, but where you lose, you know, 20 bucks and it's not going to bother you. Right. Um, and I think once you build past that, you know, to where you can actually go at your normal size, it becomes a lot easier because you're you're still taking the same shots, but you know, you're taking with, you know, the size that you want mm-hmm. to be trading. And I, I and I think Baba did that for a while. You did that for about a month, right? Where you sized down one, uh, it was, was one micro. It was a it couple was micro or something like, like that.
3: Six weeks and um I traded one to three. One ma one, yeah. three micros and, and it's yeah, just wanted to get some reps in and kind of deal with some demons.
0: What, uh, what led to the break just out of curiosity?
3: What led to dropping it back to that? Yeah. Um, well, one, I was, I felt like I was inefficient in, in some ways. And, and, and meaning if you looked at points acquired on a, on a, and I know we're not supposed to judge based on that, but taking trades to all the way to fruition um i had gotten a little a little it was a little easier to go um you know five contracts scale some at 10 um a couple at 20 and then you've made a you know a chunk already and then just kind of scale too quickly and have the risk too tight and then you look back at the day and go wow i had um the trade plan to trade from you know here to here or here to here but based on my PL and whatever i just scaled out and was good with it so that was one of the things i was working on and the other one was the you know not wanting to lose and if i was going to lose i didn't want to lose a lot and i and i was like hesitating i think i'd sized a little too big a little too quick uh, and so i just felt myself you know, struggling to start, struggling to start, struggling to get into trades, struggling to hold them, and it was like, man, I, I need to trade in a way that I just don't care for a little while, and um, so I just I dropped it way down and and focused on trading trades out all the way to the to the thesis of the trade, and um, actually, you know, that month was uh was a really good month. I think I had. <laughs> I think I had like two red days in that month.
0: Trading just the one to three micros. Mm -hmm. You, I think that's one of the things that you talk to some of the traders you work with, with the evals when they're dealing with issues kind of similar, you tell them to size down.
3: Well, when the, when the issue is not, uh, most of the time the issue is not a strategy or, um, like, Oh, I don't know how to technically, I don't know where I should be buying or I don't know how to trade. A lot of the bad a- actions come from um, from the mental side, and so if we can build like the good habits with, and it's easier to build good habits when you have less on the line, like three mm-hmm. micros, so or two micros, and your your stop's going to cost you like nothing, then you can flex that muscle of doing it the right way, and over and over and over and over and over, and then as you add more size in theory it just you know all of a sudden you're look up and you're trading you know five or six minis and still following that process so yeah i think it's just easier to do it appropriately with less size and not be afraid
0: there's a kind of a double edged sword with sizing down too much though it gets to the point where you don't care enough like to where you're just throwing away $20 here, $20 there. And then eventually it adds up to like a significant amount of money. If you're not, if you don't care enough, I guess is, is the point I was trying to make.
3: Yeah. I mean, you, yeah, you need to be trading inside of a plan, you mm-hmm. know, um, you have to have an idea. I mean, you know, do everything the way you would do it. Um, and yeah, like you have to fight against that. I do like on Fridays, like today I was like, eh, whatever, eh. you know, it's, it's cause it's like in the big picture, it's, You know, it's whatever, but yeah, um, you need to treat it as you would a regular trade. I'm, I'm, you know, speaking more to the idea of, let's say uh, someone's, you know, execution plan. So not that I'm talking about myself, but let's say their execution plan is stellar and they are struggling mentally to stay in that plan or see those trades through to fruition or someone's developing on their process and they need to get comfortable executing with a new nuance or some new information. It's much easier to do that well with less risk on the table. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: I'm so catching up on Mumu in the chat there. He's uh, I think he's right there. You got to know how much you can lift basically size wise in the market. Uh, everyone wants to see 700 points. How do they manage that risk is what matters.
3: Yeah, and I think yeah, you, know, you have to have. I think you have to have structural spots where you know, like this spot spot's going to be a big deal. Um, to me, it's about like scaling. You know, let's scale out of a position, and um, and if you run out of targets, you. I mean, if you run out of contracts, you run out of contracts, and then if you hold on to one, like we talk about runners, like it it, it doesn't exist. And yeah, if you see a two thousand dollar. You know, if you're at a hundred points on a runner and you see it track back half of that and you, you know, it's, that's a thousand bucks. You just theoretically gave back, but to probably to Mike's point of his talk on Sunday night, um, for every four times that happens, you're on the business end of a 300 or 400 point ripper like today. And you just ride it till the close. And we have those key moments in time too, like if we're long before lunch, we want to see that trade through ideally to 11, 11 o'clock, 11, 11, 15, 11, 20. Mm-hmm. And then, and then I want to get real mindful of the structure that's developed and where we are in, in time and space on the bigger picture, theoretically, and be like, okay, th- this is a danger zone. If I'm in a runner, like, do, do we, do we need to be mindful here? But then once we get through that, like, first to like 12 12 30 it seems like we can kind of relax and if we're still in theory if we're still ahead of the uh, the stop and still well in profit um and, and we're developing a trend day that high of the day or low of the day on a trend day is usually made in the last hour mm-hmm. and so um and we've talked about that before as well so if we get positioned well enough to be able to Be a part of something like that is fun. I just have to close the computer and leave, though.
0: I can't watch it. (laughs) I know. I know. That happened to me today, I think, actually. I let the 12 o'clock scare me out of a trade as it was uh, approaching the the overnight highs.
4: Maybe that's the one work of having a job that pulls you away from it. Oh, where that kind of helps you, you think? Um, Yesterday, that was actually a very big beneficial help to me because... I had a 14R trade, and I was 100% pulled away from the screens and just let it go. So if you
0: had been watching there, you think you might have done something to...
4: I probably almost guarantee you somewhere around the uh, 1 o'clock, 12 o'clock Eastern time, I probably would have closed that on that pull. Mm-hmm. But being that it wasn't near the screen, I just left my stops where they were and just let it go, which is
0: actually old me. Yeah, I feel like maybe I should have done something similar. What are your thoughts on on the fear side of things though, Mike?
4: I'm I'm along the lines of a lot with Baba. Um I I used to scale down a lot, but for me, the fear part has never gone away. And yep. it's and it's more of getting used to being in the fire. Um How do you mean? It's hard to explain. Like you, you, you don't get used to having pressure on you until you're constantly always in that pressure. Mm-hmm. You don't get used to having a six lot. You don't always get used to having a 10 lot. You don't always get, you never get used to it, but eventually at some point you actually do get used to it. And the, my newest eval is me personally experiencing for myself, me getting used to having minis Mm -hmm. and getting used to it's not the dollar amount. It's the points amount, but it's getting used to that pressure And if I want to go where I want to go with my trading projections of this year, I need to get used to that pressure being applied to me. And it's always like it is in life. Like if you want to go start a business and do something, you need to start going out and doing it and then experience it and then get used to it. And it's kind of the same kind of idea of trading to me is where you have to get used to that pressure of not only that is trading your livelihood, but that pressure of that income of that money, you need to get used to that part of it. So it's just something that you eventually get stronger through. It's just this gym behind me. Right. The whole point of the damn thing is for <laughs> me to apply pressure to myself. And eventually I get used to it and I get stronger. Well, there's, there's no difference in the trading. It It really isn't. It's, you apply pressure to yourself and you get used to those reps and grow. And, and that's, it's, it's, it's reps, it's training.
0: So it's sort of like a kind of face your fears kind of thing.
3: It's a face your fears, but it's like, um, it's like, you're not saying, Oh, let's get so that let's, let's work out so much that working out isn't difficult but you just get used to the pain of working out and you get used to the stress that you're under when you're lifting. Yes. Yeah. I think that's a great analogy. Yeah. You
4: get used to embracing the suck. And that's like every enlisted member is probably.
0: (laughs) I think we've all, yeah. Mantra
4: (laughs) is getting used to embracing the suck and and just continuing on no matter what. And
0: the mantra in the Navy was, it gets better. (laughs) Big but
4: th- that's what it is. It's really, it's just getting used to it. Then you get used to it. And then eventually it's a two lot. And then it's a four lot. And then a six lot. And then eventually you get to the point where you're actually crossing the line of a mini. That's where my evolution is. I'm trying to cross that bridge of, of going from a micro to a mini. So I'm trying to get used to that dollar amount and trying to throw away the dollar amount and just get used to the point part.
3: Yeah, I would say one thing is just... If you if you're looking at trading in, on any level, and you're trying to have any measure of success, and you're in this various stages of developing your um, comfort level with size, you know the pro, don't don't value anything in dollars.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Focus on the points, and focus on I, I think like efficiency, right? So if I'm trading, if I'm if I'm trading three lots. And I'm following my plan, my my setups, taking the opportunities the market gives. Um, if I focus on the dollar amount, I can be done, you know, I could be done really quick. And and to to the point of Purdue and when my Rich was on and he talked about not capping your upside and things like that with a daily target, I think it comes you have I'm sure banks would give input that you have to pay some attention to, like, you know, this is real money and we, we would like to extract it into our pockets. But at the same time, if we're looking at the points, it's a little easier. Just it's a little easier to make those transitions, and it's a little easier to kind of if someone's like, "Oh, I made fifty grand today," or that's ridiculous. Uh, If someone's like, "Oh, I made three grand today," right? But I traded thirty contracts for a couple points with no stop. (laughs) That's not tenable long term. Yeah, right. (laughs) But if I made if I made three hundred points on micros trading with a twelve point stop, who who traded better? Right, the ten point trader with thirty contracts no stop, or the six lot micro trader who bagged three hundred points? You know, I think obviously with, with trading reasonably, like you're developing a skill. And if you're just paying attention to the dollars, as soon as you transition into bigger contracts, you. You know, and I honestly, man, like, I'm kind of in this weird spot where I, I've been considering, and like, I traded micros today. I traded micros one day this week because I was driving. I was I was like going to a meeting, writing. <laughs> and I wasn't driving. I was writing. Okay, okay. I traded, uh, remoted into my desktop, <laughs> and um, yeah, I don't know. Like, some you can make a mess with uh with with minis um real quick. Yeah. I mean micros. <laughs> yeah. I mean sorry. You can make a mess with micros, but, I mean, if you make that same mess with minis, the, the consequences are a little higher. And I've just been looking at, like, again, closing that gap and some of that efficiency stuff and thinking, like, maybe I'll set aside two weeks and, like, blow off, like, some steam, go back to micros, trade, like, a six-lot micro batch, and just get some reps in. Because the stakes have never felt higher, to be honest, for me. Mm -hmm. And we talked about this, Mike, like two months ago. We're kind of in that same place with like where, and I I was kind of ushered, uh, uh, you know, (laughs) like eight months ahead of maybe where I would have wanted to be, uh, given my own, you know, preference or whatever. So it is uh, the stakes have never been higher, and I feel that. Like I feel that that pressure. It weighs on me. In ways it never has, and um, I have wondered lately if, you know, easing up a little bit for the greater victory would be would be wise.
0: I tell you, man, the back testing I've been doing this past month uh, with just two micros—it's actually kind of stupid how much you can actually make with just two micros if you're, oh yeah, sizing and you know pro- exercising those proper risk management. Especially
4: when you add up those two micros over, let's just say, forty points
3: over twenty days, how quickly that adds up. Yep, yep. I mean, five figures in a month on two or three micros is <laughs> is definitely that's definitely yeah. a reasonable achievable it's real money thing. It's yeah, legit, like real money. Yeah,
0: I'll take your guys' word for it. I don't Still think I've gotten quite that high. <laughs>
3: Well, I mean, you think like it's, it, you do the math. It's not, it's not crazy. Sure. The market conditions need to be there. You can't force it to happen, but, um, some of my best trading, I don't even know. I don't even know where I am on my P and L, uh, maybe even over the course of a week. And then I look at the end and I'm like, Oh, good week.
4: I'm the totally opposite. <laughs> I know exactly where I'm at of every single day of every single moment. So 250 that's points that's your a mental day, blockade, Kyle.
0: that works for you, but not for me. 250 times 5 times 2.
3: $2,500 a week, that's... 10K.
0: Oh, a month. A month. I got gotcha. you. Five figures a month, not a week. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, you, you, I guess you could do it, but. Yeah. Uh, uh, Moomoo, they, they're saying in a month, not, uh, not a day. <laughs> well, someday I actually hope to be up that high. I
2: know, right? Probably not with two micros, though. If you're trading 10k on 2 micros in one day would be amazing. <laughs> be super yeah. yeah. I'm going to do some quick math.
0: Get a little derailed here but that's all right. You would have to all be in every move up and down.
3: <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, you can do you can do 500 points in a day with micros. For sure. Yeah, it's doable.
0: Anything more on fear or should we move on to Baba's choice?
3: what you really should think on anybody that's thinking that's afraid. What are you actually afraid of? Mm-hmm. Are you afraid of losing money? Are you afraid of being wrong? Are you afraid that this will be just like last time?
4: Are you afraid of failure?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Are you afraid of just the general fail? And And then like kind of categorize that. Is it like a financial thing? Is it an emotional thing? Is it a status of like your capacity thing or, or, or not just you Kyle, but whoever, um, because there's like healthy fear and then like debilitating. And I think Mike was talking more about like embracing the suck or like, it's like lifting weights. Yeah. Like I don't like to lose trades, but I am not afraid of losing a trade because I lo- like losing a trade. It, it doesn't change anything material. Losing two trades doesn't change anything material. Like that's why I said that about sizing. Like, if if i'm if i'm side so much that i lose 3 or 4 trade if i lose 3 or 4 trades and like my whole week is ruined and my day's ruined and i'm in a bad mood and like i can't talk to anybody then like i'm doing it wrong mm-hmm. you know because every strategy in the world is going to have a time where you lose trades and and that's not out of the variance of that strategy you know so i i i have a
4: question okay
3: baba What's your greatest fear? Uh, uh blowing it all up. Just blowing the whole thing down. All of it. All the so what money. What does that mean? Like my biggest fear is that I would wreck it for like my family cuz the stakes are there for me now. Fear of failure. Oh yeah. 100%. That that's that's mine.
0: Mine is fear sp- of failure. Spiders. <laughs> not
4: <a
2: bad. laughs> yeah, <snakes. laughs>
3: But it's not, it's not a fear of failure because it would mean something about me. It's a fear of failure because of what it would, you know, the complications, the challenges and, you know, like what it would mean for the people that depend on me. It would be failing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. If I came in, let's say I came in on Monday and I just like, just took this, uh, I can't quite get it to the camera, this mouse. And I just clicked until nothing would click anymore, and then just took my hands off and let it all just go. You know what I'm saying? Like that would be that's my that's my biggest fear. Here, I, hear like, if I in just there. lost my mind and just went <laughs> bonkers. You know,
0: Flurry's saying that's a good fear. <laughs> Says you know what you're capable of if left to your own demise.
3: Yeah, I think
0: uh, I think I know. I definitely have the capability to do something similar like that, Bob. Baba. To just throw caution to the wind and just throw it all down the toilet. Uh, so a lot of the systems and things that I have in place are to try to protect me from doing that to myself. But there is a fine line when the fear turns from healthy to debilitating, like you mentioned, where now I'm afraid to pull the trigger on even good setups because I'm afraid of every, the, like Rich says, every tick on the PNL against you is just another referendum on your choices and your decisions is what it you know starts to feel like. And, got to break that cycle and I don't know. Sometimes that's a tough one to get out of becoming your future self, becoming your future. self. I
3: like that. Wow. That sounds like it should be a tagline under your Twitter feed, right? (laughs) (laughs) Be the man you want to be
0: the trader. You want to be all right. Banks. You got any other thoughts on this?
2: No, I would, I would say too, this is kind of, I guess the contrary of what we're actually talking about, but I I do think a little bit of fear in, uh, in what the market can do is a little, is, is, something to have Mm -hmm. Um, and what I mean by that is if you come in thinking that you rule the world this market has a way of showing you that you don't (laughs) and 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 just kind of knowing you know just just kind of knowing what you're capable you know what the market is capable on any given day um, is just something to keep back of mind I don't think it goes into what I trade and how I trade it but you know there there's there are those times where the market is just going to do what it's going to do and you know, you, you can't step in the way of that. Yeah. And, uh, and I think a lot of people do that. And that's where a lot of the failure happens.
0: Mm-hmm. I like what flarry said here in the chat too. understanding your edge and stats to reduce that fear of losing because then it's just another statistic. Yes. Yep. And I think if that's, that's usually what I fall back to. And I, I think a lot of that comes from what you've been, you and I, when we talk, Mike, when I start to feel fear, then I know that I'm not back testing enough.
4: That is my backdrop, frankly, actually. When I am in fear and my my counts in drawdown, I will always go back to my backtesting, and my backtesting gives me that confidence to eventually just push through it.
0: Yeah, because you see it enough times, you start to see those patterns, and it should be just reflexive almost. Like, you should be... I mean... You should be... Even if it goes against you, you're thinking, like, all right, I didn't get this one, but I know that this is a winning bet.
4: Yeah, I mean, you... You backtested a thousand trades, literally over how many years or how long it was, a thousand trades, and you never had more than 11 losses in a row. Mm-hmm. And here you are at seven, experienced in real life. It's way different than doing it in a backtest.
0: Yep. But it is at least nice if you have those stats to go back and reference. Yes. Longtime fans of the show should be familiar with the lender formerly known as Sue Pullen, and I'm pleased to announce that she's back. Fresh off a rebrand and ready to help is Sue Mackey. Sue is a certified mortgage advisor at Fairway Independent Mortgage and equal housing lender who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years of experience helping thousands of homeowners. Whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even a reverse mortgage, Sue will help. Sue's licensed in 36 states now, so reach out and let Sue Mackey it happen for you. The best way to reach her is just give her a call at 520-977-7904 or in an email spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number of 2289. Sue Mackey has an MLS number of 206048. That email again, spullen at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. Shoot Sue an email and let her know she needs to update that address.
1: At Parker.
0: All right, should we? Uh, do we have time to do a Baba's Choice topic here? It can be a short one. It's a question
3: yeah. for you guys. All right. I was going to say, uh, well, I'm not going to say what I was going to say. I'm going to cut to the point. So, what is, I've been thinking a lot about this idea of closing the gap. And I, I wonder, first off, do you guys feel like you have or experience a gap between what you know? maybe either is possible or what your work shows and your ability to execute in light of that. Do you experience that currently? What does that feel like? So, for example, if you were to go back and look at your notes or if you were to do what I did and go back and look at your notes from the day um, or if you're so fortunate as to have recorded it for the world to see <laughs> and then you go back and look at it and Flarry probably will chime in here because we've talked about this countless times. But you guys were on mic for most of the morning. And a um, couple of key phrases out of that were um, like, above 210, there's just no short to half today. Mm-hmm. Um, above that, we just need to let it go. And that, this is in pre-market prep. Um, small time frame is slightly bearish, but we have to respect the larger time frame. And when I say small time frame, I meant like as we were coming into the open, they were trying to press. And I was like, hey, even though this looks a little bearish, we still have to respect the larger time frame. Somebody has to lose something that matters before we can pile into a short. The more patient trade would be, say, above 210. That's a real safe place for longs for the upside move. And um, one of the other things I said is anything the sellers do that doesn't clear 207, it's it's just a fumble. And um, honestly, like, we could go to two or 300 points up from, from here. And, you know, my work today was Mm -hmm. solid. My application of that work was piss poor. Um, and it was triggered by one specific situation, which y'all are around for when I had to leave. Then I came back and I'd missed the the back test of of 96. And then I was pissed.
4: It's because of that four letter word work.
3: (laughs) <laughs> well, it wasn't work, i'm just actually. saying because
4: that's 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 my my four-letter word it's 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 work
3: yeah so that's what i mean when i say there's a gap in your you know even today's a great example so do y'all do y'all experience that and like how are you how do you cope with that how are you coping with it how are you trying to overcome or narrow that because i have some things i'm trying to do but i want to hear what you guys uh, have to say uh,
0: i know Well, you must be looking at my good, bad, and ugly because that's pretty much what I referenced was my plan showing me uh, on Thursday that 940s was, I think it was 940s, Mm -hmm. was a, a spot where I wanted to be very interested in and to go back and look and see what happened in the afternoon. And I had to stop trading because I had spent my mental capital in the morning and I wasn't around to take part in that. And so... Like part of what i'm struggling with is trying to figure out how to be available and still present and able to trade when these opportunities happen not during the window when i'm you know normally sitting around like i usually done by the time lunchtime rolls around like i don't feel like sitting through another accumulation rotation you know that lunchtime stuff so uh, yeah. I'm not sure yet. Uh, for me, like it's, I'm just hoping that if I can point it out enough times and see like, okay, look at how many times these plans are working out and honor this shit. Let's go. Let's make some use of this. We're putting all this work in there. We need to take something for it.
4: I, I have no problem of ignoring anything past 11, 11 o'clock central time. Yeah. Because everything I do in preparation is in the afternoon and after hours. And my work for my trades comes from that time. And if it doesn't occur during those time, I don't care. And this has taken me a very long time to deal with. And it taken me a very long time dealing with work and interruptions and Baba from the person that has been told how many thousands of dollars of XYZ piece of equipment has been broken in the middle of that window if that (laughs) happens i'm telling you just shut all of your crap down because all you want to do is take that anger out on your screen yeah (laughs) i'm I'm dead serious like Uh, it's 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 like you don't realize it till you do it and it's just like (laughs) like i i'm just so pissed off like john broke xyz piece of equipment And I know how much thousands of dollars that costs, and I will just click it off on the screen, how pissed off I am, and blow up a whole entire account. Done it more times than I would like to admit. On actually real accounts too, not just Mm -hmm. prop. My biggest loss ever was of March, almost a year from this date, was just that. Lost a whole entire real Mm -hmm. account in thousands of thousands of dollars on just that scenario.
0: Sometimes it's hard to like. I can see where Baba, you might have some trouble like shutting things down and walking away because there's some expectations on you to provide direction to the people that are, you know, tuning in to listen.
3: Yeah. I mean, I don't, yeah. I I like to wrap up by lunch, you know. I mean, I do have other stuff that I'm working on, you know, other business that I'm working on and stuff. So, I mean, I have responsibilities outside of trading. However, I mean, this is a part of our, you know, this is a part of life too. So I don't feel like I sit here. I don't feel like, I don't know that I feel a ton of pressure once we're trading, whether my screen is live or not live. I don't, I don't, I mean, it's, it usually is live, but I don't feel, I don't know that I feel a lot of pressure Mm. during that time. I feel a lot of pressure to put out a reasonable and actionable organization of the information something that's accessible if people are you know, wanting to look at the work I'm doing and compare it to their work and be like, okay, these areas really line up. If that's the case, that hopefully gives them more confidence to execute. I mean, I feel some pressure and that's on that side of things. I don't know that I feel a ton clicking the button, whether whether y'all are watching or not <laughs> well, that's watching. A good thing. But, no, but um, wouldn't you say there's actually a little bit of relief on the accountability? Well, I feel like there is – I would do, I do way less stupid stuff. Like I would do way, I would, yeah, there is a little bit of like a, um, what's that thing called? Uh, uh, Like a safety net. How am I? How am, I mean, if I'm live with with everybody, how, I mean, I guess there are people that do it. I mean, we've seen them and we know of them. They just melt an account down to zero in 30 minutes and be like, well, I just blew up an account. Like I'm not, I mean, you know, that's. It's all your fault. Uh, well, yeah, I'm just saying that's, that's really not probably not going to be how a day plays out. You know, that's not how a day is going to play out, uh, when we're, when we're all (laughs) on live and trading together. So to your point, yeah, there is some accountability there.
0: I tell you doing this podcast and talking about knowing that you're going to have to talk about something in a good, bad and ugly segment, uh, keeps me pretty honest. A lot of the times. Yeah. (laughs) There's been a few times where I've been hovering over a button about to break a rule and think, do I really want to talk about this on Friday? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna
3: have to say it out loud.
2: Thanks, you have anything to chime in before we move on to good bad and ugly? Um No, I mean, I was reading through what Flarry said. I think he's exactly right. I mean, you know, just just kind of owning up to like what your plan is and executing it to to what you've back tested, what you know, what your stats show you, you know just just on your everyday process. Um, I would say my, my, my dumbest days are the days where I try to innovate, where, you know, I've, I've gone from looking or, you know, missing a trade, like on NQ and I'm like, well, I'll just short it back to this and then take it again. Well, that doesn't usually work. You know, it's, it, you're, you're trying to improvise with the market. Why well, you gotta say that out loud with me. I'm right <laughs> here. I can hear you. We all do <laughs> it. You, you talking about no, me I mean No, we've, we've, we've all done it, you know, but But, but I think what, like one thing that I've done is like, like on those days where I have work interruptions or something along those lines is, so I like to trade and track multiple products. So like on my side of it, like if the indexes aren't showing me what I want to see, like I have no fear going over to, you know, crude or gold or bonds or something along those lines, as long as it fits within what my process is. Um, and, and, and I think that's what it, it kind of gives you to where you don't have to be watching one market where you know you should have been long here. You can kind of wait for that next setup in a different product. Um, at least I've, I found that to, you know, be helpful. Yeah, Sorry, laughing at that flare here. I know, yeah, I saw was... that. <laughs> I'm trying to talk and I'm reading that Flurry at the same lasts, time. losing his ass. Yeah. Um. No, that, I, it's,
0: who was it who talked about replay in the days uh, to like like if you, once you traded them, then go back and treat them like you're back testing again. Back back test the days that you traded and see how they line up. Like that's another, I think, thing that might help with that closing that gap.
3: Yeah, that's a good point.
4: It goes back to the to the interview that you just did with Chris. Like Chris was the one, well over two years ago now. Um, he's the one that got in my head of backtesting. So what I relayed to to you guys and to Joel and backtesting was like that mantra of like, you don't have an edge if you have, unless you have a reproducible product or reproducible thing to do. Mm -hmm. Um, The backtesting of that edge had the same point of treating it like a business. And where if you have XYZ of win ratio of say 50% or 40%. You need to expect to have this point of win ratio. Like it was taking that, frankly, that, that that like degenerate part of trading out of it. And that's what Chris did a lot for me two years ago. But that was the point. He was the one that nailed in my head, like, it is a business. Take the G, you know, degenerate part of it, side of it out treat it like a business and this is where it goes when you start treating like a business and you guys have seen my notion trade plans for a business plan my trade plans as a person and goes on and on and on and like that evolved all from chris taking that aspect of trading into a bigger and bolder thing frankly
0: good stuff man yeah i wish you would have mentioned that part about the crispy and the genesis for that back testing. come to jesus day that we had two years ago i think it was (laughs) i would have thanked him for that
4: (laughs) come (laughs) on you didn't Uh, figure it out it was like two years ago
0: i I didn't really i didn't put the two together no all right we're starting to run a little long here let's go ahead and uh, get into this good bad and ugly segment and start wrapping up for the evening Okay, so, good, bad, and ugly. We talk about the good shit, the bad shit, and the stupid shit we did in the past week. Who wants to go first? Purdue? Yes. Let's let's hear it, buddy.
4: I, I have, like, the perfect
0: bad and ugly at the same time. Oh, oh, oh I thought you had a good.
4: No, I do, have a, I, I, I do actually have a very good, and I actually have a very bad. All right, let's hear them, man. I'm sorry if my days are confused, because... All the days have melted together, frankly, for me, for the last, uh, five days.
0: No pun intended. I'm operating
4: Sorry. like on three hours of sleep. I'm not <laughs> joking right now. So I beat or, or my evaluation of a hundred thousand dollars on an apex account. I, I'm past the eval that same exact trade. I was also not paying attention. And ended up trading a mini on my longest, oldest funded account that was down to $600 because I did a max withdrawal. So at the same day that I beat an eval of $100,000 on an Apex, I also lost my oldest Apex funded account. So that's my bad. Ouch. Ouch. I'm not necessarily so bad about it because I took my three withdrawals. It did what it was supposed to do. I'm happy about it. So it is what it is. I was disappointed because I originally my plan was with that account was to push it to see Mm -hmm. where it went. So you flip the cards around now. um, That same $100,000 account that I passed on that same day. Mm -hmm. um, Today, it's Friday the 19th. I hit the profit goal. Today. Awesome, dude. Yeah. So that's my whole good and bad is the flip and flop and just you know, accidental mistakes. You you have shit happens and um just move on. But yeah, that that's my good is I just kept pushing and that's what happened.
0: Congratulations, dude. That's freaking awesome. I mean sucks about losing the other one, but at least you got at least you got the other to, to comfort you in the night. Yes. Uh, Banks, what you, dude? How was your week?
2: Uh, it was, uh, overall a good week. Um, I had three really good days of trading, to be honest with you. Um, I guess the, uh, I don't really have a bad, um... That's good. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 like, in, in short, I, I think that the week, the week was really good. I, um, I guess the bad for the week could be that me and Baba can never trade on the same day this week for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's Not sure right. why, but yeah, I mean, it was it yeah it was an it was an overall good week. Um, You know what? What are you doing, Baba? <laughs> Putting a snowplow? I'm supporting Mike, dude. Come on,
4: <laughs> Baba has no clue how to use that thing.
2: Whatever,
3: <laughs> we can talk about that after the show. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Sorry,
0: thanks. I didn't mean to interrupt you there with this shenanigans. Oh, no,
2: you're good. I was no, I was. Yeah, I was I I was done. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I mean, it was an overall good week. I don't really have a good example or a bad example. Um, to be completely honest with you,
0: uh, I mean, that's kind of what you want, right? You Don't yeah. really want those outliers. I mean, we talk about them because they happen, but if you can have a week where they don't, I mean, that's a good right there. I call that your good, not having a bad or an ugly. I'll take it. All right, Baba you want to go next or should I?
3: Um, why don't you go?
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we already kind of covered uh the some of the ones here so like my ugly was missing that dip by an nq on thursday um had that drawn up i had boxes and lots of confluence in that area and then just not even being around for it kind of put me in a not a great mindset for the rest of the week um, my good was the top step x account it was a free account that i had gotten that i'd almost completely destroyed on the first day trying to learn the interface or at least that was my excuse really i was just throwing contracts around like a degenerate pretending like I was getting to learn it. Uh, uh, that account that I'd taken basically uh, to max drawdown on the first day is now back green at the end of this week. And my bad is uh, realizing that I'd be halfway to hitting that profit goal. If I had not uh, had to have that first day experience to get to where I was at. So like if I hadn't drawn down a thousand dollars, I'd be halfway to passing that thing. Which is why I asked the question that I did to start with. So if I could skip that step, I think it'd be a lot further along in my development.
4: Do you really think that though?
0: I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Like would I have traded it the same way if I hadn't experienced that moment? Probably not, but it would be nice if I can trade that way without having to experience that moment. So,
3: you you know, that's not super uncommon uh, someone sent me a screenshot yeah. a few weeks ago. Yeah. From the room. We'll leave them. We won't say who their, what their name is, mm-hmm. but they um, had like a thousand dollars of drawdown left in their account. And so they just went um, like, they were like, well, I'll either pass, I'll either make a max gain today or I'll lose the account, but I'm not, I'm not going to die death of a thousand cuts with, trading one contract trying to creep back and they waited and waited and they took one really good setup and made like $4,600, you know, like they hit Mm -hmm. that daily profit for the 150 K you can only make half of it in one day, 4,500 or whatever. Um, so that's not that uncommon. I mean,
0: well, I think what makes it good for me was the way I had traded it. Like it started out not (laughs) amazing. God damn it. Mike, uh, it started out not like it was just kind of trading intuitively for the first like couple days. And then as I was doing that and the week was progressing, I started, I was basically like using my Sierra charts account to look for the trades that I wanted. And when I was afraid to take them on that account, I took them on this one instead. And so this one was actually probably taking all the best trades of the day as the week went on.
1: Hmm.
0: Kind of a interesting thing. I'm going to have to probably spend some time reflecting on it this weekend and maybe reanalyzing those trades and entries and seeing how, how well it actually was, whether it was lucky or not, but I think it was, I feel like I was doing pretty well. And give us a minute. Let Baba go check on a a (laughs) sleepy child.
3: Uh, I'm sorry for the people in the audience who just got to hear about that, but I've got a sick little one. So It's
0: all right, man. Uh, Just in time to tell us about your good, bad, and ugly.
3: Okay. Good was, um, let's see, a couple of, there was like two good. One day this week I didn't trade at all, or we were. I can't remember. I don't. I don't feel like I was on, that much this week. Um, banks and I were never around at the same time. It seemed. Um, yeah. But <clears throat> so, but like there was a couple of days where. It was like two days where I was like, man, you know, waited for setups. Da da Felt like continuing the progress of closing that gap, and re- really proud of that. And then that, that good. So that's the good. The bad was, um, the bad and the ugly was just today. I felt like I told you guys, like I felt like today was a little step back in closing that uh, or continuing to take steps of progress towards closing that gap. Mm-hmm. That was just kind of frustrating because um, there have been days where, let's say that like that 296 want to be long above 296, 96 to 10 was like key above that rippy rippy. And there've been days where we've and I did a trade review on one of them where we, Mm -hmm. I didn't get that bottom dig, but the next, the next great opportunity we got, you know, I took part in that and then traded higher the rest of that, that day or whatever. And today, for some reason I didn't have that, um, a wherewithal, I guess, to stay aware of the the context, the bigger picture playing out, and the work that I did, you know, to kind of paint the picture that the upside could really get out of hand today. And um, yeah, you, you know, you don't want them all, so that was the bad and and the ugly. I think,
0: I think you learned a, a pretty important lesson there, though, and the reflection that you are doing on that, like you figured out what triggered that whole thing, so now you at least know what to be on guard for next time it happens.
3: Yeah, well, well, I, and the thing is, like, that is uh, that's a trigger that's just that's a that's a real thing for me. Mm-hmm. It's part of why you'll like sometimes you'll see me dig in an area, and it may be like it may seem like, dude, you know, and I have to be real careful of it because I'll dig for a trade in the same spot, you know, multiple times if if I'm not, um, if my execution isn't sharp or let's say I get bottom ticked because I know a trigger is, if I have a spot I want to be long from and I let, and I let myself get shaken out of that before, um, you know, and then, and then it rip, you know, goes exactly where I thought. Um, that's a, that, that, that's hard for me mentally. That's exo- That feels exhausting. So it feels yeah. like, um it feels like you knew the trick that someone was trying to play on you and somehow they still ended up like, you know, getting it pulled over on you and you're like i i called this the whole time how did you still get me you know
0: i was watching your hands god damn yes it.
3: i know which <laughs> cup that little thing is under so.
0: that's an excellent way of phrasing that uh yeah yeah dude but i mean uh, that's that's kind of why we talk about these things though right is to learn yeah. to learn the lessons from them and if you're not doing that if you're not learning the lessons then then these days are just going to keep happening
3: well, and I think—I mean, I think these days, to some extent, this kind of thing will always be a part of a part of this journey. That's the other thing is um, because once one spot is shored up, there, just like it, you're always growing, you're always challenging, your st- you're always putting more weight on the bar, right? Mm-hmm. You don't just get mm-hmm. to like you know two thirty-five and be like, well, I can rip this out enough times, or no, two plates, two two twenty-five. Be like, all right, I'm done. That's it. And like, no, of course, you keep you keep going. So. I don't anticipate that the work of this goes away, but um, but definitely um, want to be mindful of all of of those kind of things and that that do happen and learn and grow through and from them. I think that's just a huge part of it. And I'd say, like, to, it doesn't have to be a make or break thing. For instance, some people, I've been on a losing streak for this long and. Blah, blah, blah. It's like the end of the world before there's a moment of Mm self-reflection. And I would like to be reflecting much more often so that the course correction isn't so big when, when I do it.
0: That's been one of the biggest changes I've noticed in myself is that the days where I go off script or have a bad day or the damage done on those days is significantly less than the damage that was done on them, say, two years ago or a year ago or six months ago.
3: Yeah, Yep.
0: And that's a win in my book.
4: Wouldn't you say the biggest thing as a retail trader is your journal? I don't give a crap if you if you do it in paper, if you do it in digital, whatever it is. Like that is the biggest thing I think that separates so many amateurs from professionals
0: is actually journaling. And so few people want to do it, even after you tell them.
4: And, and that's how I was saying. I think there's the biggest separation between a professional and retail is actually journaling and learning.
0: Vico did a five day free seminar for trade Pro, uh, probably two years ago that I think I sat in on and day one, he talks about journaling. He ran a poll. How many people journaled? It was maybe like 20% said yes. Day two, he screamed at the room basically on day two when he got the same numbers day three, it was pretty much the same. It was at the point where he was going to cancel the class if he got anybody saying they didn't journal on day four.
4: It's insane. It's literally insane.
3: Yeah, we should do a uh, we should do a future show and talk about how how we. I would say I don't so journaling. Yes, I think you need to process the trades that you took that day in some mm-hmm. form or fashion that and and have it logged. Some people mm-hmm. don't like to write. Some people want to process it in other ways, whatever, like I'm just saying, but yes, I think we should do a thing on, on journaling practices or like whatever, like what do you do at the end of the day? How do you wrap it up? You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. I like that. Set one up. In the meantime though, I think it's time to move on and do some bold predictions so we can, uh, hit the stop on this thing and go check on my wife. (laughs) All right, who wants to make a bold prediction for next week or beyond?
3: I have a bold prediction for next week, and that is is, is very bold. Yeah? I have one child that came home from school sick today. Uh, I have another child that got sick tonight. You know I have plenty more people in our household that this could be a problem for. (laughs) And my bold prediction is no one else gets sick.
0: No fucking way. I'll put money on that
2: one. <laughs> <laughs> you want bold? bold. <laughs> I got your bold, baby. He said bold, not in, not insane. I mean Well, bold. no, no, no. He said bold. He didn't say accurate. So
3: <laughs> thanks house. for the encouragement. There's no way. <laughs> uh,
0: how old are your kids? Uh, no fucking way. No way.
3: 13, 10, 10, 8, uh, 4.
2: They're all already sick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Banks, can you
2: top that? Um, I'll go a sh- short-term one because I have to, and then a longer-term one. Okay. Um, the short-term one is uh, my daughter's got another gymnastics meet, so I did it last time. I got to do it again. I'm going to say she wins first place. Oh, you're not going to hedge and go second? No, nah, we got only first. Come on. All right. All right. <laughs> um, my, my longer term one is, I think this will be probably more for the year. Um, talking about uh, rate cuts. Um, the, the year? Who's
4: going to keep track of this? Well, I'm
2: putting... Out <laughs> I just, okay, you can have
0: one long-term one, but you can't make another one until but, it gets... That's fine. I'm making true. it for the entire All
2: right. year. All right, rate okay. cuts. I think the Fed Fund's rate goes from five and a half and ends the year at... Uh, let's say four seventy-five. So we'll see a seventy-five basis point drop for the entire year. That's it. That's it. Think that's all they're going to do. That's all they're going to do this year.
1: Hmm.
2: And and suck. it won't happen until <laughs> it, it won't. And it won't happen until after the second half of the year. Oh, not until after June.
0: Okay, that's gotten bold. I like it. I like it. All right, My bull prediction is Michael Burry is going to open up a new short position next week.
4: As long as a certain person from CNBC doesn't say the market is going to rip straight upwards, I'm
0: totally happy. <laughs> I think I know who you're talking about there. All right, folks. I think that's going to do it for today's episode. Uh, I'd like to say thank you to Purdue, Baba, Banks here for joining me on this fine evening. Everybody for listening who stuck around to the end, especially the live audience who's been... Sh- Uh, throwing in their live heckles for us. Uh, (laughs) You guys could show our panelists some love. Check out their links in the show notes. Remember to check out the new combined Discord where you can trade with us during Friday M period. Listen in live on these recordings. You can discuss strategies and backtesting with the best Discord community around. Be back soon with another exciting episode. Hopefully as impressive as almost hitting a 16 parlay, but tell that day, smash that five-star rating, leave a review, and have a great day. This podcast is intended for informational and educational purposes only. It does not constitute financial or investment advice and should not be construed as such. The hosts, guests, and contributors of this podcast are not licensed financial advisors, brokers, or professionals. Any trading or investment decisions made based on the content of this podcast are solely at the listener's discretion and risk. Trading and investing in financial markets carry inherent risks and past performance is not indicative of future results. Listeners should conduct their own research and seek advice from qualified financial professionals before making any financial decisions. The views, opinions, and information shared in this podcast are those of the individual contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views or policies of the podcast creators or associated organizations. Produced by China Shop (coughs) Productions.